we're back with the District 3 Podcast, episode 121. And today we're joined by a friend of the podcast and a friend of mine. Uh, she's currently the director and Project Reach uh, at Project Reach at the University of Arkansas. And also she's also the candidate for District 9 of the state representative seats in Arkansas, Dr. Diana Gonzalez Worthen. Thank you for thank you for joining us today, Diana. Thank you for inviting me, Irvin. I'm so happy to be here. I appreciate you being here. Um, I feel like you have been a big supporter of a lot of the things that I do in the community, and mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, I know that when I ran for office back in 2015, uh, you were one of, one of my biggest supporters, helped me out with events, um, and uh, that's something I definitely don't forget. So I definitely appreciate everything that you do and everything that you do in the community just in general. Thank you. Thank you, Urban. You know, we're all here working together. And so, um, and we need representation. And so I was so excited when you ran. And so, yes. So in your future run, whenever that might be, mm -hmm. I'll be there for you again. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, I'm excited about you running. So you're running for this new seat uh, for state representative is District 9. Um, we'll talk about it at the end about um, how the district is aligned, but just a quick summary for the, for the folks that are listening in. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk a little bit about like uh, where District 9 is? And I know it covers mm -hmm. a good portion of, of uh, the Springdale that has a lot of minorities, which is yes. super good. Super yes, important. yes. So um, it's, it's east of commercial where the railroad tracks are. That's kind of the boundary. Um, on the furthest west side or on the left side if you're looking at a picture of the district. And then over to the far right or the east side, um, it's Sonora Road. So it, in, it includes Sonora Elementary, Sonora Middle School. So that's the width of it uh, mm -hmm. from, uh, from commercial to Turner. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Turner, all of that, all the way down uh, to Don Tyson Parkway. So Don okay. Tyson Parkway is the southern border and it goes all the way across. Um, and then as far as north, it does cover uh, parts of uh, Randall will be Lane mm -hmm. and uh, Bayari, all of that area where Bayari monitor. So okay. it, it covers that kind of northeastern part of Springdale. So okay. it's mostly east, you know, mostly the, the east side of Springdale. Yeah. So that's so interesting because <clears throat> I used to live on Randall Wolby. Yeah. That's where I lived at before. Mm -hmm. But now mm -hmm. I live off of uh, close to Haberton uh, yes. Ridge, the new... Uh, uh, subdivision over there and uh, I'm right on the line <laughs> we're talking about yes, how like we're yes. checking the maps we're right we're right there and we're neighbors you and I <laughs> yeah you told me you, you told me we lived close and you, you called me out of nowhere and I was like what I was like I did not know you lived over here but I mean we're new over there to the area ourselves and uh, it's a really good uh, area very diverse area yes um, in yes. our neighborhood like there's a lot of Latinx folks and there's also a lot of Marshallese folks as well, yes. which is is really good, you know, to have them as neighbors. Because where I was at before, there wasn't a lot of Marshallese folks in Springdale at at that area. But now where I'm at, there is, and it's it's nice to see. Um, so let's talk a little bit about you know where you're from. I believe you're originally from Texas, right? I grew up in Texas. Um, however, kind of back up a little bit. My mm -hmm. dad was in the Navy. He was stationed in Monterey, California. Okay. And so he met my mom at a Mexican dance in Watsonville. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and so they ended up meeting. They got married and four of us were born in Watsonville, California. Okay. Oh, you did tell me that. Yeah. Born in so I had cousins in Salinas and Watsonville, Gilroy, Freedom. I mean, all of that area. 
and then they moved we all moved to texas so i was about mm, maybe five five years old when we moved to texas and um so most of my young life it was in texas and okay. so um and then from there <clears throat> we um i met my husband my senior year in college when um, I, I went to the university of houston um and we married and um lived lived in the had an opportunity to work in large school districts lubbock waco plano and then and then we ended up moving to arkansas 26 years ago so and why do you make uh, that move to arkansas job opportunities or it was a job opportunity for my husband to work with his dad and so mm -hmm. um at the time i was a stay-at-home mom with mm -hmm. our daughter laura and mm -hmm. um we decided that you know i would stay home take care of her and then when she started kindergarten i would go back to teaching and so my, all of my career, I have been a teacher. I'm a, actually a science teacher. So I'm a science educator, taught high school science for 10 years in Texas. And then when we moved here, I taught uh, four years science, ESL biology and geology at Rogers High School, and then went back and uh, started uh, finishing up my doctorate. Mm -hmm. And then uh, was, was hired in Springdale. And that's where mm -hmm. then I was working district-wide with teachers, mostly coaching teachers as they're learning to work with English learners and their families. Okay. And then now, through several grants, now I'm in at the University of Arkansas. So that's kind of a whirlwind. Um, yes. So, so you we, moved to Arkansas. What year was it? It was in 1996. Mm. Uh, we had visited his dad and um, his family here in fall of 1995 we knew we were moving so we purchased our home mm -hmm. and it was right there in east springdale um, mm -hmm. near sonora and loved that area loved arkansas we had actually been coming to arkansas because we're both really big outdoors yeah. backpacking and all of that we're all scouts it's um, a place to do that it, yes and we did that a lot um and so um yeah so th since 1996 and um then unfortunately uh, my father-in-law ended up um, having Lou Gehrig's disease mm. so he ended up well he he passed away mm. within a year that we were here oh. and so then it was a matter of what do we do do we stay here do we move back to Texas um, but at the time what I didn't realize because I had never been through this Arkansas Northwest Arkansas was experiencing the greatest immigration wave that it had ever had yeah. so um, that was during that that mid 90 mid 90s mm -hmm. and so when I was teaching in Rogers so much of the there was just a lot we're like the pioneers I mean the mm -hmm. ESL programs were starting um, parents were learning and trying to figure out the school system kids we're trying to figure out the school system it, it was just it was a hard time for everybody um uh, the community health business you know you name it um and so that's kind of what my heart went out to this my students because my my father was an english learner his parents were from san luis portosi mexico and mm -hmm. so they were immigrants and they came and so all of their kids were born here mm -hmm. and spanish was their first language so my dad he didn't learn English until he started first grade. And yeah. so um, this was like my my students in my classroom walking through the classroom door. And the only thing I could think of was my father, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, him not knowing the language, but, you know, smart, you know, vivacious, mm -hmm. really wanting to do something uh, special. But, you know, just had that language barrier. And and my mom was, um, you know, growing up in California and Texas. She was from a a family of migrant farm workers. Mm -hmm. And so they, 
she traveled a lot. We counted once. She had gone to like over 20 different locations in her young life Oof. to follow the harvest and mm. was always behind in school and basically said, you know, I'm going to finish even though so she finished in night school after having a couple of us and mm. um, and but was a firm believer in, in us finishing our education, my father as well. So um, they went on and they did well in their careers. My dad ended up becoming a computer programmer and my mm. mom uh, ended up being um housekeeping supervisor of our local mm. hospital and so we were you know it was just wonderful so we we grew up kind of mainstream in the school system and we were involved all of, I have four younger sisters there were mm. five girls um, we were all in the band we were mm. in sports you know we did all of those in Girl Scouts we, we did all of those things and then but then when we moved to Arkansas all of all of that was like almost the kids were learning the language. They, it was just really, really tough. And so, um, so there was I a comp- relate to that <sighs> when I moved from California, like in Cal, like I'm not trying, <laughs> I'm not trying to like boast, right? Mm-hmm. But in California, in fourth grade, I was the smartest kid in the school. <laughs> Me and yes. this girl, yes, her, her name was Annabelle Rodriguez. I still remember <laughs> her. We were we were the first kids that were gonna start uh, learning geometry oh, because wow. we were so fast at like yes. multiplication and addition. Yes. I come over here to Lowell, Arkansas, and they had already like getting close to finish that geometry book. I was about to start in in Gonzales, California, and it definitely like hurt too. So I can definitely relate to like coming here and you know uh, feeling behind mm-hmm. in a way. Yes, feeling behind, and that's. So basically, then it was a matter of, okay, well, I'm the oldest of four, mm-hmm. f- five girls, and do we stay, do we go? And there was just so much work, you know, so much work to be doing. My my first language is English. My second language is Spanish. I grew up hearing Spanish, but yeah. my parents didn't want us to go through what they went through mm-hmm. with language because it was tough. So, um, so my Spanish actually improved when I moved from Texas to Arkansas because my students <laughs> helped me. Yeah. Now, it's not perfect, but I can speak a whole lot more now than, <laughs> than yeah. what I did when I first moved here. But no, my mom, and talking to both of my parents, they knew all of the work that, that I was doing with students and in the community. And, and I just said, you know, I've got a decision to make. We need to either, we're going to stay here or we're going to move back to Texas. I'm mm-hmm. the oldest. I feel like, you know, I need to be closer to to you all and my mom just said you need to stay there and take care of our people mm. and that was it she said you know what they're going through we went through like 30 years ago this shouldn't be happening still and yeah. so stay there and help make things better and so you see your mom told you that that's what my mom told me don't you like it when moms kind of like <laughs> say stuff like that it's like boom and that was like that's it <laughs> there was a there was a moment that i always think about we were at mcdonald's once i mean not, i'm not mcdonald's burger king once it was me and my mom and i had taken her out to to buy her like a burger or something she wanted to go and we sat down and then there was a family of latinos that came into the burger king mm-hmm. and they looked like they couldn't speak uh, English. They were just like standing. There was like five of them standing in front of the line. The guy at Burger King, the one that was working, he was like, "Hey, can I help you?" And they were just looking around. And I was telling my mom, I was like, "I don't know. Do you think they can speak English?" And my mom was like, "I don't think they can." And then I just froze, and I was just looking at them. I was like, "Dang, do they need help?" And then my mom was like, "Like, aren't you all about helping people in the community?" 
there's people right there in front of you that need your help. That's like, right. go help them. And I was like, damn. <laughs> like, it made me feel bad. I was like, oh, I, like I should have thought to go ahead and go help them. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, it took my mom to just remind me, like, it's right in front of you. Yes. Like, you need to do something, you know, like, um, so moms be doing that. That's right. That's right. They know. They they know. And so, so at, really after that, then, then things just continued and I just continued working, you know, in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, there were many of us during that time, um, um, Latina women who were like the only ones in their workplace that were, mm-hmm. I mean, the only ones. Um, yeah. And oftentimes they asked us to interpret or or help a family or you know just different things more so than not because you know we were there and so um after after kind of going through that and realizing you know there there really needs to be we need to just like maybe come together and and do something together in the community because if you're if you have a group of people and they're all like-minded and they're all trying to help within their own workplaces or within their own neighborhoods or, or in the community and then you join forces then of course you can do a whole lot more mm-hmm. and so so that kind of spurred the question in my head thinking I wonder if we you know maybe we need to start a Hispanic women's group mm-hmm. of some sort yeah. you know and and so I thought okay well I'll just start asking my friends and mm-hmm. and and I started asking my friends and 13 yeses we need to do that we need to do that we need to do that mm-hmm. um and so that's kind of how that got started and it's and it's been going strong um margarita was one of our you know all of the all of the women you know carol rodriguez and um uh, Diana what was the organization really, called? it well at that time it was the hispanic women's group it's now the hispanic women's organization of arkansas oh, okay. but it was one of the first um, community-based organizations that served um, the community, immigrants and Latinos. The, so how was it back then? Because I know Margarita is now the executive mm-hmm. director. She's the executive director. So how was it back then? Like, was it was there someone else that was executive director, or were you all just? We were organ. We had just organized, and and we elected officers. And so okay. I was the founding president, and I did that for I don't know six years. And then during that time, though, we were we continued. We started. Um, we started. Um, the Cinco de Mayo festival mm-hmm. to bring the community together so we could get to know one another and um, more so and provide resources, start the scholarship fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the following year and two, that was in, um, that was in 2000 and then 2001, we started the annual conference. But at that time we, we did it in, at the university of Arkansas. Okay. And the idea being that we could bring people to the university mm-hmm. so they can see that this is a possibility for mm-hmm. your children, you know, yeah. um, and then, um, and then after that, we did. Um, I mean, there were there were the voting voter registration. Um, we started the. We were just launching the gym program um, for gui- guiding, empowering, mentoring mm-hmm. uh, women. Um, but all of that, and so, so basically, what we were an organization of officers. But then during that time, we were transitioning to a five hundred one c three, the National Council of La Raza saw our work, really loved it, and so we received seed money from them to help become a 501c3, and that was really magnificent. Um, mm. um, it, 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 was, it was a, there, there really, 
there there wasn't an organization yeah. just yet, you know, to kind of move in that direction. And so so then once we became a 501c3, then we had to form a board. So then yeah. several of the people that were officers, they then they became board members. Um, but we didn't really have staff. It was a volunteer-run organization. And so eventually we really needed to have somebody kind of manning the day-to-day. And so Margarita was one of the officers. So then she ended up being she ended okay. up being at the office helping run the day to day. Gotcha. And the rest is history. <laughs> so That's so interesting. I did not know that. I did not yeah. know it started with uh, multiple women. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it was we were if you go back and look at La Prensa mm-hmm. before it was La Prensa Libre. What was it before? Was it La, was just La Prensa? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. La Prensa in um, July nineteen ninety nine. Those were some very interesting years because that was. Um, as soon as we formed, people, it was kind of interesting because it was the first time that we had Latina women coming together, but it wasn't just Latina women. There were other women like Dolores Stamps over at uh, St. Raphael's and other women that were, they saw the growth and the diversity and they wanted to learn more about it. Mm-hmm. So that was a way to do that mm-hmm. um, so that we could learn from one another. And so uh, we did that, but that's that's how we, that's initially how we formed and and then, um, and then, because we were doing the work of the festival, scholarship fund, conferences, um, um, starting voter registration, you know, doing all of these things, then it then it became, I mean, it, more and more and more, you mm-hmm. know, work. And of course, now uh, citizenship classes and yeah. computer classes, I- increasing the number of the co- uh, computers so people can learn how to use a computer and and all of that. But yeah, that's how. Yeah, it was no, just it was so just a, a yeah if you go back you'll you'll see what i was going to tell you was interesting is once we formed um man in this i'll never forget this because i was i got called because i was the president um and i got called by a reporter and they wanted to know what we were going to do about the kkk march in Siloam springs <laughs> and it was like i wasn't really even prepared you know mm-hmm. for that that was that was uh that was scary for me, you know. What year um, was this? This was nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> so, um, right yeah, right before I mean we had just formed and um so we ended up all of us, we ended up you know what, we're not gonna let that bother us. We're of course not gonna be over there. We're mm. not gonna we're <laughs> we're not gonna be there in the middle of a KKK march, you know, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make our mark peacefully. So what yeah. we ended up doing was we went into the park area. We joined forces with some other organizations that were wanting to do something about that too, and we kind of coined the term piñatas for peace. Mm. And so we had we had piñatas and kind of like a like a little gathering in the park, mm-hmm. and we just did our thing, and mm. they were over there doing theirs, mm. and and because whatever we, their thing is, whatever their thing <laughs> is, yeah. So. And then uh, shortly after that, um, uh, a congresswoman, uh, Loretta, Loretta Sanchez, I mean, mm-hmm. she, one of the um, um, uh, representatives from California, mm-hmm. she was coming and um, the, the Democratic women wanted to, they featured her in a luncheon. And then they asked the Hispanic women's group, because that's, we didn't really have the official name, we're just the Hispanic women's group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if we could come in and actually um, be the be the welcoming crew, <laughs> you know, but welcome her when she came in, that was really cool. So, 
So is that know, kind of where your involvement with like Democratic Party politics began? Yes, because they were very interested in how can we work together. But it wasn't just the Democrats. The Republicans were too. I mean, mm-hmm. we actually, because, you know, when you have an organization, you're working with everyone. And yeah. so um, both, I would say both Republicans and Democrats uh, were very much, um, you know, we were working side by side. So okay. initially, I would say that it was the Democratic women, but we could not have done the festival had it not been for the Republican women mm-hmm. that were gathering um, in uh, Rogers, and they were very much a part of the festival. So that festival has just continued, and it has grown. And of course, you know, there's multiple scholarships being given, yeah. you know, now. And um, but yeah, so that that's. That's kind of how all of that got started. So yeah. you do a lot of good work with One Community. Can you talk? Are you part of, of the beginning of that organization as well? Yes, yes. I'm one of the co-founders of One Community with Papa Rap. Mm-hmm. And so we formed that organization 10 years later. That organization, this One Community, mainly focuses on the educational piece, health, and leadership piece. So we, what we did is what we, we noticed that there was there was a lot of work that still needed to be done in terms of parents knowing more about the school system so mm-hmm. that they could be advocates for their children. So um, so we formed, um, uh, part of what my work is, is I, I, I create curriculum and, you know, do programs like that. So we, uh, we created a program called Parents Taking Leadership Action, Padres Tomando Liderazgo en Acción, and then later we did Feed Your Brain, Alimenta Tu Cerebro. And I hear that I hear that song in the back of my head. <laughs> yeah. I hear Papa Rap's voice. Yeah. I hear Papa Rap's voice with your feed your brain, and then yes. I also hear the his AAF commercials in my yes, head as well. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so they were, yeah. and they all are embedded with his songs, you know. Feed your brain. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and 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 that was just really great. So that you know, we 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 work with schools, you know, on at the school site, and and parents are learning more about their the school system, but also how to send their kids to college. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the talents and gifts that their children bring to the table? Because yeah. maybe those can be future careers, you know. So we yeah. really go into that kind of thing, and then parents do a leadership project at the end. Several of them, they call we call that <coughs> their legacy project. Um, and some of those are still playing on radio because there were PSAs. They've created PS, PSAs about whether it's um, drugs, whether it's... Um, child sexual abuse whether it's uh, internet safety i mean they've done mm-hmm. they've done all kinds of things um or doing things on their school to share their culture and you know uh, those kinds of things and then feed your brain alimenta tu cerebro that's our um summer reading program and we're we're really working towards biliteracy and bi- bilingual and biliteracy we want all of our kids to maintain that native language and um and parents to maintain that don't let you know yes we want your kids are going to learn english in school but they speak spanish but can they read spanish can they write spanish and so we're that's part of what we're doing as well because kids who are bilingual and biliterate they actually they're using both sides of their brain incredibly and and they and research shows that they actually do better like on those college entrance exams Mm -hmm. if they're fully biliterate bilingual um and that's because of, of, of all the activity that's going on in their brain. So, and you are still very active today. I see you still at, at uh, oh. events. You still show up with the books, oh, yes. with the games. <laughs> yes, we do. And, and like this past, this past summer, our kids read like 9,700 books. We, we work in Springdale with, uh, in collaboration with the Summer Lunch Program. And then we have another grant in Fayetteville 
where we do the same program, but we're working with the Fayetteville Housing Authority. Okay. And so we work with the families that are in three locations, and and that's just been very wonderful because a lot of the kids, they, they probably wouldn't have other activities going on in their life um, during the summer. Mm-hmm. And so these are fun activities that we do, and, you know, we're... They're, they're reading, the parents are engaged in reading, and so we want to just continue that. And then, mm-hmm. and then uh, we have bring the people, everyone together with our Consalsa Fest and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, c- celebrating all of the diversity in Northwest Arkansas, yeah. music and art. And, um, and that's been going on for how long, the Arkansas Festival? Um, since 2011, our first festival was in Fayetteville, believe it or not, in mm-hmm. front of George's. Um, mm-hmm. We were able to form a partnership with, with George's there, Brian Crown. Um, and then in 2013, it was moved to Springdale. Okay. And Springdale really wanted to do something like that. They, they yeah. saw that and, they, can you do that here? And so <laughs> then we ended up uh, bringing, and, and, and it made sense, our offices and everything there in Springdale. So uh, we're there, you know, in Springdale. So. We are, um, you know, we're constantly writing, you know, grants and trying to get funding so that we can continue our work. And all of it's tied to education, literacy, um, health, mental health. Is, uh, we have a focus on mental health. I have I a mental I'm, health question coming up. So okay. I was ask um, and so, yes, yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's, that's one, an area that parents are very interested in, especially during the pandemic. Um, mm and areas, you know, just have a lot of questions. So we've been able to provide a few resources related to that and then hope to even do more this spring related to that topic. And then just continuing building the leadership skills of parents and their children, you know, so that's what we do. (laughs) And I mentioned at the beginning of the interview that you're the director of Project REACH at the University of Arkansas. Mm -hmm. We talked Mm -hmm. a little bit off air, can you, on air, can you talk about what you do there, what the program's about? Sure. Project REACH, it's our third five-year grant that, that, that we have, and we're in our final year of Project REACH, so we'll be applying for another grant. These grants are uh, from the U- United States Department of Education. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been outside that building like a few months ago when I went to D.C. Yes, it's it very, really cool. very neat, and it's you know. out of the Department of Office of English Language Acquisition. They're national professional development grants, grants so everything revolves around... Um, English is a second language. And so um, all of our grants, including REACH, there's always a component to help teachers become ESL endorsed. And so they take four classes or graduate classes since teachers already all have bachelor's degrees. So these are graduate master's level classes. They take four classes. Uh, They learn how to, um, like methods of teaching students who are learning English, how do you assess them, that's another class, how do they acquire a second language, that's another class, and then the fourth class is uh, teaching people of other cultures, so they really kind of go deeper into culture and working with families, okay, Mm -hmm. so then they take those and then they um, take that, they take an exam, um, and then that can, that then goes on top of their teaching license, and that's a, it's a kindergarten through 12th grade, Um, English is a second language endorsement. One of the things that I've been really, really proud of, of our team is that we have one other component that was not part of the other five-year grants, and that is um, our partner is Springdale Public School District, and Springdale has been wanting now for a while to diversify their teacher workforce, you know, mm-hmm. so they want their teachers to look like their students, and, they, and, they are, and they're really trying to do that. So what we ended up doing was we created a, a, a Grow Your Own program. 
We had piloted one um, previously three years earlier, and so then we wanted to expand it. So our goal was to shepherd 13 bilingual, bicultural paraprofessionals. These are people who work like teacher's assistants or secretaries or um, uh, parent liaisons. Um, they're all bilingual, bicultural, who have who have the desire to become a teacher one day, but they can't like quit their job and go to school full time. You know, mm. they need they need a, a different way of going to school. So, so we have created that. And um, in May, I'm really happy to say that we will have 18 graduating. So cool. And, and out of those 18, 16 are Latinx. Mm -hmm. Two of them are males. The rest females. They represent. Um, of course, you know, some were born here in the States, but we also have Venezuela, El Salvador, El Salvador and Mexico. It's, you know, they're from those countries. And then we also have um, uh, one Marshallese mm -hmm. um, uh, person that's going to be a teacher. And then the other one is uh, her family. They were uh, Cambodian refugees. Wow. So we have the refugee aspect, you know, as well. So all of them work you know, in the school system, and they're all employed in Springdale, but hopefully next fall they'll all be employed not as paraprofessionals, but as professional teachers. Mm -hmm. That'd be so cool. <laughs> so, so they're cool. all bilingual, bicultural. So. so that sounds like amazing work that you're doing, and, and you're, and, but right now, I mean, you're in the pursuit of something different. You know, this would be a change in your life yes. if you were elected. Can you talk about um, how you made the decision to run for this uh, District 9? Uh, state representative seat. Yes, you know it was a it was a little tough. This is my third run, and so I had decided when I ran um, my two previous races for 2006 for state rep, District 89. Are you the first Latino person to run for uh, any a state statewide office. seat? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, cool. so that was in 2006, and then in 2012 I ran for state senate. Um, and I after that race I thought you know, and and it's tough. I mean when you run. When you run for office, one person's going to win and one person's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, um, even though I I did not win, one of the things that I gained was just the broader perspective mm -hmm. of all of the work that's done and all of the people that, that you can't do this by yourself, all yeah. of the community, you know, working side by side like what we did, you know, and uh, previously. So anyway, um, when I learned about... Springdale, as you know, has grown tremendously. So the 2020 census really showed that. And so we actually gained, we gained a legislative seat. Okay, so, so, how, so now it's a matter of, okay, we need to draw the boundaries. Well, we gained a brand new seat. When the boundaries were drawn, I, I was in that. You and I are both, you know, yeah. in, in that, in that uh, district, in the in-house District 9. Then when I looked further... It was a majority-minority mm -hmm. Latinx district with a good like 10% or so um, uh, Marshallese, Asian, Pacific Islander, mm -hmm. Asian population. And <laughs> I just, after a while, I mean, I, I began thinking about that. And some of, the, some of the areas that I had campaigned before, canvassed and so forth before, were areas that were in this district as well. Mm -hmm. So I was already familiar. I was yeah. already familiar with all the schools. This is where I've lived for 26 years. And I know how to work with the population. It's been, yeah. it's, it's what I've been doing for 26 years. I've been yeah. working with um, English learners, their families, diverse populations. Um, you know, usually I hear people that will say, 
you know, I've been working in the community and I'm like, well, I haven't seen you, but I've seen you all over the place. <laughs> so it's like one of those things where I'm like, she's right. You've, you've been, you've been to everywhere, like all these events that I've gone to. I see you there, you know? Well, and I, I really love working in the community. I have a passion for serving people in the community and mm-hmm. everyone deserves a quality education. Mm-hmm. Everyone deserves quality health care, um, especially mental health care. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, we all deserve to have good jobs, good quality yeah. jobs, and that's tied to education, you know. And workers can't be productive if they're sick, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it's it all kind of ties in, you know, to one another. And and oftentimes <coughs> when you have a diverse population, so much of it is just not knowing how to access all because the system is so big and complex, and, tra- yeah. and, complex, and then you couple that with new to the system because you're from another country and then you couple that with you're learning English and then that makes it even that much more difficult. Mm-hmm. So building those bridges and understanding access, you know, so that we can get rid of those barriers that sometimes we don't even realize are there because we make a lot of assumptions, you know, that everybody knows how this works and that's not true. So yeah. so that's what that's what just kind of yep yeah, it's time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna... so glad you're ready for the seat. <laughs> Thank um, you. I was telling you when we when we first spoke over the phone, and I heard about this seat, um, like I was concerned. You know, who's gonna run for this? I feel like this is to be someone who um, has a connection with our community, um, has been already working. You know, not someone that's that's new and and doesn't really understand, and someone that's really open to listening to like. Uh, the Marshallese community as well. I always feel that's like super important when you run in Springdale, like you have to make an effort. Right. And so many people don't make an effort. They don't. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. And, and, but there has to be someone that makes an effort. And I, and I, when you told me you were running it, it like took a lot of stress off my shoulders because mm-hmm. as someone that like ran in kind of what's well, the same, kind of the same district, but mm-hmm. a little bit smaller, um, there, there was people like, like, wanting me to ha- like recruit you know to find a solution like you ran this district try- like let's try to find someone mm-hmm. so when you told me that you were running i was like ah, <laughs> i don't have to worry about <laughs> i don't have to worry about it you know like uh-huh. and I, first of all i don't have to worry about it second of all it's in good hands oh thank you, you know and third thank of all you. i know you already mm-hmm. we've been uh, we've done so many different events together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know yes. um so i'm really i'm really excited about about you running and then filing's coming up, right? So you'll be going to Little Rock next week. Yes, I'll be going in a couple of days. Um, Tuesday is the first day to file at noon at the state capitol, um, February 22nd. I will be there with my daughter, mm-hmm. and we're going to go together. And shout out, Laura. Yes, uh, shout out <laughs> to my daughter, Laura, uh, who was a Springdale High School graduate. Mm-hmm. Went to school <laughs> so, together, high school. Yes, <laughs> yes. And um, so she's going to join me after she finishes work. We'll go together, and uh, we'll I'll file. I'll go through that, that whole um, system and um, and then it's just like everything else you know when you run a campaign you know you have um, you, pa- campaign involves running involves raising funding you know so that'll be the next thing mm-hmm. and and then um, I do have a website people can uh, and volunteers you don't ever you can't run a race by yourself um, yeah. and you're representing you know lots <clears throat> of people um, do, we, do you have to wait to file before people can donate? I forgot. No, actually, you, they can start donating already. Now. Yes. And what's the Facebook page? 
Is it uh, Diana for Arkansas? Yes, Diana for Arkansas. And okay. that's Facebook, and that's also website. So, oh, okay. So both of those are up and running. Um, and and on the website there is a place to volunteer and so there's Super all important yes there's all there's all different types of ways you can volunteer and um, and if something's not listed we have a little blank call other so you know you might think of something that oh this is not on the list but I can help you with this and we will we will accept all help as we as we move forward so mm. um, so filing I'll know by March the 1st, that's the last day to file, and we'll know probably that afternoon, um, after 12 noon, if if I'll have an, an another opponent mm -hmm. within the same party or... Which they shouldn't even try. So, you know, we'll just... So, anyway, yes, um, we'll know. We'll know more. But, yes, um, please visit the website, Diana. Diana for Arkansas.com and um, are y'all on Instagram yet or not yet? Oh gosh, that's a good that, question. That, is, that a question <laughs> is that a question for Laura? <laughs> um, you will be. You will be probably on Instagram. so. I think we we are on Twitter. Yeah. So there, I did see that I retweeted. Yes, yes, there's yeah. we are on Twitter. Um I'm sure that we will be if we're not already on then Instagram. But yes, that is a question for my daughter. Then you know, <laughs> then you know like after Instagram you gotta shift to TikTok too. So Oh my gosh. TikTok, well, I mean it's it's very useful. And it's like, yes. it does get it automatically gets like your content to people in your area automatically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You gotta pay for it. Yeah. It's free, so it's important. So I'll make sure to tell Laura about that too. Okay. <laughs> yes, um, yes. What's we're talking about? Going back to like the mental health aspect, you do a lot of stuff, and and like I can relate. You know, of just like being all over the place. What is one thing you do to take care of your mental health? What is one thing I do to take mm -hmm. care of my mental health? Um, well, every morning I need quiet time to, and I and I I pray in the morning, mm -hmm. and so. Um, prayer and then also just reading um, either um, I like to read inspirational stories um, mm -hmm. and um, scripture that ties in with you know op opening up a question um, mm -hmm. um, to make me reflect and think about that so um, and then my daughter has me on um, it's it's like the one minute morning something where you re you reflect every morning as well, mm. and that has been really really helpful, and I love it. So it kind of mm. keeps me like focused on. Is it like an app? It's not an app, although there probably are apps that you write you write them mm. you write it out. Mm. I, and and for me, I'm a I'm old fashioned. I'm a paper pencil type, you yeah, know, person. You have a paper and a pencil right in so, front of you right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't go anywhere without a paper yeah. pencil. So yes, yeah, so it's paper pencil, but it's really great. You, um, it's you know, what are you thankful for? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you, um, what are you most proud of? Um, what are the things you're gonna get done today? Yeah. And then I added a, a piece. Um, um, at the end of the day, I'll go back to the end of the day and I'll write highlights, things that were like very special. Mm. So this will be one of my highlights for tonight, hey, cool. <laughs> uh, being being here with you, Irvin, and being interviewed. Um, I appreciate it. And so, yes, and, and I do that. And then I do exercise. I mm -hmm. either walk or I do have a membership to the Jones Center. I haven't been there lately, but I need to get back <laughs> on. I love the group activities. Um, um, as a, a yoga, you know, so that's part of it. It'll be a good place to meet voters too. Yeah. <laughs> and as a former uh, karate person, okay. I, I do. Um, there's there's several different um, 
a couple of group classes where there's a lot of kicking and punching and blocking and things like that okay. that I do. And I, I, so I like that vigorous type of mm-hmm. exercise as well. So that's what, that's what I tend to do is I just need some of, I need that quiet time and exercise. And um, walking is, is, is so therapeutic. Yes. And I started yes. walking my dog uh, probably like about two months ago mm-hmm. and it makes me feel so good. You know, after work, after all the stress, you know, just being able to wind down and, and, and not listen to anything, not right. be on your phone. That's right. It's so That's helpful right. and so useful for our mental health. Um, so people can reach you at Diana for Arkansas on Facebook, dianaforarkansas.com, mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. website. Um, and, you know, I'm really excited about your race. I feel like I feel like this is coming, like, full circle. I told you about this, right? You started by being, you know, the first uh, Latino to run, um, Latina person, Latinx to run uh, for a seat in Arkansas, a statewide election, and time happened, you know, time happened from that t- first time in 2005, 2006, Six, uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, and now you're back, you know, and it's like to kind of close that mm-hmm. chapter, mm-hmm. but start a new one, That's and right. be elected, and be the mm-hmm. first uh, yes. Latina elected, yes. I'm not, uh, I think it's to be, is it the first Latina in general, or is it the first Latina Democrat that would be elected statewide? It would be in general. Yeah, that's important. Yes. Because we need to show, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not only Latinos, but also, you know, Marshallese folks and, yes. other, and other minority populations that it can be done. And yes. I think yes. this race with when you win, because you will win, I think that's going to show a lot of people like they can do it, too. So that's yes. why it's it's super important to support Diana. If you're out there listening, volunteer, give money. Money goes a long way. <laughs> make calls, yes. knock on people's doors mm-hmm. and just show up and make sure that you vote. And uh, Election Day would be... Well, November. May 24th, if there is a primary, um, yeah. hopefully not, but yeah. if there is, and then, then the election is November 8th. November 8th. Mm-hmm. So make so. sure you show up and vote for Dr. Diana Gonzalez-Worthen. And that's the end of the episode this week. That was episode 121. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Worthen, and uh, we'll catch everybody next week. Thank you so much, Irvin.